0: bring it in read option back Getting you ready for another week of nfl and college football uh this is episode 149 149 it feels like we were just celebrating wow. our 100th episode. Yeah. Um and next week we will hit the 150 mark, which is crazy. It's crazy we're at 150 episodes. I there is a lost episode somewhere on Spotify, so um <laughs> I guess technically this would be 150, but we don't count that. Um that lost episode, I don't know what happened. It was a weird upload day. But Scotty's here, no veto. I will be seeing Vito tomorrow. Um going to play some golf with the with the kid. He's down in the area, but he's working late. So it's just me and Scotty, and uh, we're going to roll through, get everyone prepped, throw our picks in, uh, or maybe not, because things are terrible right now for me, and uh, we'll get this thing wrong. Scotty, Ohio State, Penn State weekend, the whiteouts yeah. behind you in the Zoom. How it is, yeah.
1: In the uh, in the Zoom chat, one of the greatest moments of my life, uh, besides marrying my beautiful wife, was this play, uh, <laughs> Marcus Allen blocking the kick, Grant Haley in to score, change Penn State and uh, and the course of their season and their and the program i believe uh one of the greatest moments of my life uh my football life um and, and uh hopefully we can replicate it jeff i don't know it's going to be a tough one especially how old the way were you we in michigan.
0: That? during were this you, game, this yeah, was that,
1: 2016 um, okay
0: that's what i thought
1: yeah big 10 champions 2016 uh same year yeah no big deal uh hope,
0: <laughs> yeah how was the playoff um, that year oh that's yeah, was, you got fucking steamrolled by michigan what are you talking about? Isn't that the year you guys got? Oh st- yeah,
1: we did. It was like forty-two to seventeen. Yeah, That's Yeah, the absolutely.
0: Yeah, but then who else did you lose to that year? I don't want to say. Who was it, Scotty? I don't want to say. Who was it, Scotty?
1: It's it's your mom's alma mater.
0: That's right. It was Pitt. <laughs> I remember. I remember that season. Wasn't that the season too that Sam Darnold absolutely put you guys in a blender in the Rose yep. Bowl?
1: Yeah, that was his freshman year. Uh, that, was a, that was actually had,
0: a sick game. That was a sick game.
1: Yeah, uh, 52-49. 40, uh, Saquon had one of the best best runs I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, uh, by any player ever
0: and, in that game. Uh,
1: Sam Donald just took over as a freshman.
0: That was a that was a heartbreaker of a game. God, I love college football. Um, yeah. Another Iowa knock, State week, Jeff. It is Ohio <laughs> State week. Uh, however. I'm not stoked about the board and college football. Uh, we only, we're only we only going to pick four games this week because there's only four games that are really worth picking in the top 25. Uh, I bet ours isn't one. <laughs> it is. Yours is actually the number one. Oh, but, wow. I, but I only did that because of you and Vito. Because
1: the spread's ridiculous or what?
0: Well, that too. 15 and a <laughs> half is a, is a crazy <laughs> fucking line. Um, but no, I figured it's, you're all, it's all school, you know. I figured we'd give you the spotlight. We'd give you the the time to have the number one game. Um, but there are a couple games that are fun. Uh, the same thing can be said, though, with the NFL, where uh, every week we've at least had a couple of matchups to hang our hat on. And look, the NFL has been so weird that it doesn't even matter that the matchups haven't always looked great on paper heading into it, because for the most part, all the games have been really entertaining we've had crazy upsets and i would anticipate the same thing this week but we also have a bunch of just bad teams playing each other it starts thursday night tonight as we're recording at ravens bucks this is gonna be a weird game just i, I just i just have no idea I, tampa bay is favored by two and, and we'll start previewing games here in a little bit but a lot of just weird games on the board denver jacksonville in wembley stadium that game's gonna be freaking weird um who knows what the Patriots are after Monday night football with the Bears fucking clobbering them. So there's not a whole lot to get too excited about. Your Niners got a fun game against the Rams. We'll see if the Rams got healthier, maybe look a little better after the buy giant Seahawks is probably the best game of the week um, heading into the season. I will remember back in the spring. We, we, when the schedule came out, we each picked a few games you're we excited for Sunday night Packers at bills was one of those games. Uh, I don't know if I picked it or who picked it, but that was definitely one of them. That game looks boring as hell. Buffalo is an 11 and a half point favorite. So, yeah, it's going to be a weird week. But the NFL as a whole has been super weird this year. Um, so it's not surprising. Plus, no Chiefs, no Chargers. They're on a buy. So we do get at least one more game than last week. Uh, and uh, and we'll we'll get into it. So uh, any thoughts overall heading into the week here, uh, Scotty, as as we near weekend? I know we're we're both ready for it.
1: No, yeah, believe me, I'm ready for it. But, uh, you know, we we always say this, uh, we say it a lot on the podcast here, but uh, usually when you get slates like this in both the NFL and college, that's when, uh, and especially it being Halloween weekend, uh, look out for some weird stuff, weird stuff this week is going to happen.
0: I completely agree, completely agree. Uh, it's gonna be weird. Starting with, I think the weirdest matchup of the week is tonight: Ravens at Bucks. Uh, Tampa Bay is a two-point favorite in this game. Uh, we've gone over it extensively. The Bucks are a shell of what they've been over the last couple of years with Tom Brady. Um, and I look, Tom Brady hasn't been good, but I also don't think the this, like, this team as a whole comes down to Tom Brady not playing well. The defense has underperformed. The run defense is still there, but the pass defense has been terrible. Uh, And we've even seen some teams run on them successfully. Think about that Atlanta game when they came back, right? Uh, And then Baltimore on the other side has looked good in one of two halves, pretty much every single game. Their defense feels completely unreliant um, or unreliable. And Lamar, though he's having his statistically best rushing season, It doesn't look or feel the same watching it, which is why I'm excited that he's on national television tonight and that, you know, we'll be able to sit down and watch an entire game start to finish. Because you know what it's like on Red Zone. Like, I go back and try to watch as much of these games as possible, but I can't go back and watch every single one start to finish. And there's just something about Lamar this year that feels a little bit off, and I think it's just he's throwing the ball more. I'm really curious to see how he he looks against Tampa Bay. Between these two teams, I like Baltimore more. And I'm leaning Baltimore and just taking the two points, but that's where I'm at. What do you think, Scott?
1: Yeah, me too. And I think if you want to get Lamar involved in the passing game, just because of the struggles that the the Bucks secondary have had uh, over, over the past couple of weeks here, uh, I, I'd caution that. Uh, I really would, because to me, it seems like now you're just changing your identity, uh, changing your game plan to uh, to align with uh, with what a is still a very strong secondary uh, for, for as bad as they played. Uh, but B again, like to, to change your identity completely and, and let Lamar throw, um, uh, you know, it's, it's strategic. And, and I don't think that, that it's, this is the spot where they need to, especially since they've gone through, uh, just, like you said, just about every game where they're, where they're dominating. And then all of a sudden the second half, fourth quarter rolls around and, and, uh, and, and it all falls apart. The wheels come off. And that's not a spot you want to be in, uh, particularly against Tom Brady. I don't care how bad the Bucks have looked this year. Uh, uh, that's not a spot you want to be in against Tom Brady. So I'm going to play the numbers, actually, uh, even though both teams have been atrocious against the spread this year. Uh, you can Someone's take the two cover. points. Someone's got to cover. You can take the two points. I'm taking Tom Brady because I still believe.
0: Actually, no. Somebody doesn't have to cover because uh, it's two. It's two even. Yeah. It's not two and a half. That'd be hilarious with both teams being as bad against the spread as they've been. If they pushed, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I, there's nothing to like about Tampa Bay right now, other than the belief that Tom Brady's going to come around, which we've known in this sport for a long time means a good deal. Uh, all right, let's go to the Sunday game, Sunday morning. That Denver Jacksonville game that I alluded to in the intro. Um, Jags are a two and a half point favorite. There's no real home field advantage, but remember the Jags? Have oh, yes, there weird, is. I was going to say they have that weird following <laughs> in London. They are the London team. Uh, Russell Wilson apparently was stretching, rehabbing, and doing like calisthenics on the team plane for four out of the eight hours that they were flying to London. Um, Russell Wilson is the most extreme version of a Jim Hardo, like Jim Class Hardo that has ever existed. You know, we all know the kid who would go way too hard in gym class all the time, which at times I was that kid. Hand up. I loved competing. I loved playing sports. It was the best part of my day. But when Russell Wilson does it, it's like, it's so annoying. Like, I just, I can't, I can never back this Broncos team. I'm not going to back this Broncos team. This is a prime under game. Uh, I believe like 53% of all games in London go under, so it's not a huge statistical metric there, but it's at least somewhat favoring the under. Um, I don't see this Broncos offense getting better anytime soon. The Jags trade away uh, James Robinson since last time we talked, right? So now we'll see the Travis ETN show kind of take over. I, uh, I like Jacksonville here, minus two and a half. I think they've looked like the better football team all year, despite the fact that neither of these teams have looked particularly good.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. And I think it stems to a lot of what we've talked about over the past couple of weeks. When Trevor Lawrence is able to roll out and, and use his legs a little bit, <clears throat> whether that's to, to roll out uh, for the throw or or uh, use his legs to pick up a first down or something like that, that's when the Jags offense is the best. And Doug Peterson, as you very well know, is the king of of, of these adjustments, right? Uh he did it with with Carson when when Carson was healthy and he did it with Nick Foles to win a Super Bowl so uh i i trust that Doug Peterson will uh not only coach up the the second year quarterback Trevor Lawrence but be able to let him sort of do his own thing in the process uh cuz that's when they were winning games and and they're on a a bit of a schneid here uh and, and so i think that they have a good opportunity uh with a crowd in Vegas that will, or Vegas in London that will largely be backing them uh and, and what I think is an improved uh, look less murky on the offense uh, with James Robinson, not there in the running game.
0: Yeah. I, I, after giving my, my, you know, pick, I immediately started like going over the other side and I kind of want to switch and take Denver only because that Denver defense is so fucking good. And they've played much better offenses than Jacksonville and had more success, but I'm going to stick with my pick. I do think Jacksonville gets it done um because i'm just not trusting this broncos offense at all and i do think the the over under is really low too it's third nine and a half but i i kind of want to i kind of want to hit i think the line
1: is bang on too though i think it's going to be a field goal game genuinely
0: yeah Yeah, i think so too i I think it's going to be very low scoring i think it's going to come down to a couple of turnovers um late in the game and then whoever can capitalize and kick a game-winning field goal i think you're right uh all right next up here we have carolina at atlanta Atlanta's a four-point favorite at home. Uh, and I think, again, I think this line's pretty much dead on. I was hoping it was going to be a little bit closer because I do like Atlanta in this game. Uh, right now, this is a Vegas line, minus four. So they're protecting that because, I, look, with the way the Panthers played last week, you never know. But that's a big emotional win for a Panthers team that also, you know, traded one of their captains, one of their star players in the middle of last week with Christian McCaffrey. And those guys had nothing to do, but go out and play for each other. Right. There's no, there's no long-term hope here. Um, And this Atlanta team has just been consistently good. Last week was the first week where they really kind of got chip pumped a little bit by a good Cincinnati team, but they, they fight hard in the second half. They tried their best to keep it close. I mean, hell, even in the end, in that second quarter, they brought it back to a one score game and then Cincinnati put it away in the end of the first half and then third quarter. So uh, I am going to take Atlanta. I think Atlanta, I've been loving them all year, six and one against the spread so far this season, uh, and they're four-point favorites at home. So give me the Falcons.
1: Um. Oh, wow, this line is weird too. You know what? I'm going to go Panthers. I, I'm, I'll take it because – uh, yeah, I don't think it's sustainable that they can uh, that they can win. I don't think there's there's a whole lot of long term hope. It just based on all all the things that they've done. But they did do a good job last week of galvanizing around the team. And what impressed me most in uh, their head coach uh, Steve Wilks, uh, what impressed me most was that the defense played so well uh, and, and on both levels. They they were able to defend the run. And they were able to defend the pass. say, and they got a little lucky. They had that one pass that, that Mike Evans was wide open would have been a 65 yard touchdown. Uh, but apart from that, like it was shut down all day. And I think that needs to be the game plan going in, because if you, you know, if you drop back in the, in the shell and let Mark, like make Mar- Marcus Mariota throw the ball, it, it's not going to look good for the Falcons offense. Their success is when he's moving and he's running the ball and he's giving the ball to, to guys that can run. So, uh, if you can prevent, if you can prevent that in the run game, and I think the Panthers can, they'll, they'll be in good shape.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's, uh Let's, let's take uh move on to the next game here. I almost said take a break. It's like, no, it's way too early for that. Uh, Chicago coming off that huge win. Uh, What did you make, by the way, of the Bears-Pats game on uh on Sun on Monday night there? The quarterback situation was weird. I mean, three drives from Mac Jones, and then he gets yanked. Um, for Bailey Zappi, it felt like, Hey, if you weren't going to give him a long enough leash, like if, if you were going to give him that short of a leash, I should say, why didn't you just start Bailey Zappi to begin with? Um, I mean, look, I know Mac Jones didn't look good, but the bears are a good defensive team. Uh, and I was really, I mean, and Justin Fields was playing out of his mind scrambling around there. And I really liked what the offense did with Chicago, but I mean, Bailey Zappi came in, had those two electric throws. They scored the quick touchdown and then, Pretty much, that rest of that offense was dead. So right after I gas up New England last week, saying hey, I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs, Mac Jones comes back. Now we're in the middle of a weird quarterback situation with uh, the New England Patriots.
1: Yeah, and I mean the fact that that you had the the Patriots fans chanting for for Bailey's happy to come in, uh, just speaks volumes, right? I told yeah. you a couple of weeks ago he's he's Bill Belichick's guy, and Bill Belichick is content with him going like twelve for fifteen. Uh, 180 yards and, and maybe a touchdown or two, and then letting Ramondre Stevenson and D, uh, Damian Harris do the do the dirty work. Um, yeah. That's been the Patriots' identity for years. What I was more impressed by was um, was the fact that that uh, Bill made that decision knowing that uh, the amount of of capital spent on on Mac Jones uh, and, and the idea that he needed to come in this year and and take a step. And after the injury coming in, going three drives and out, I mean, it was,
0: but I mean, this uh, is still the same guy who benched a hundred million dollar quarterback and drew Bledsoe a freshly signed hundred million dollar quarterback and drew Bledsoe, uh, and then replaced him with a seventh, sixth round pick, you know? So that, that part of it was less surprising. I mean, for Belichick, he, I think he's the quintessential, like he doesn't care where, you know, he gets drafted, you know, Mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to play the better, the better player. Um, yeah, I I was I mean, I was more surprised that the Bears were able to move the ball as well against that defense as they did. Uh, definitely felt like New England went in thinking that that was going to be a walkover game um, and Justin Fields. what I, And what I really love, too, and I've been thinking about this for a while with Fields is just like if you're going to limit how many times he throws at a game. Look at what Philly did with Jalen Hurts last year. Right. Just use his legs. You know, if, you, if, well, that, if, yeah. if he's going to throw 17, 18 times a game, that's fine. But then have QB design runs. You know, you have yeah. a, you have a good run blocking offensive line. You have a good couple of good running backs in the backfield. Khalil Herbert's been awesome this year. David Montgomery's still really good. Just run the ball, you know, just stay downfield run the the mesh handoffs over and over and over again, and then let Justin Fields take it and and make big plays. And then when he drops back and he scrambles and can make a big throw, because he's got more horsepower in his arm than Jalen did, you know, and and that's kind of what they did on Monday night. And it was the first time I've seen the Chicago offense kind of cater to it, which, you know, hell credit to them. They did it sooner than, than Philly did, but Philly was two and five when they kind of made that switch and Sirianni stopped calling plays. And I think Chicago kind of did something similar. So I'm I'm really curious to see how they look against this Dallas defense, which has been so good, but a mobile quarterback, we saw, you know, Jalen Hurts played really well against Dallas, right? He had like 110 QBR. He ran the ball well when they needed to. The Eagles offensive line obviously is a lot better than Chicago's, but they also were really smart in how they attacked Micah Parsons, which was they went right at him. You know, they used him as the as the option guy and and they created everything off of this misdirection uh, and where Micah Parsons is going to be playing. And if the Bears can replicate some of that, I actually think they'll be OK. Um, Dallas is a nine and a half point favorite in this game and the over under is at forty two and a half. Um, I don't see the Cowboys scoring that many points because this Bears defense is good. Uh, I do think Dallas wins by a touchdown, but that that nine and a half scares me a little bit. So, where are you leaning right now? I want to hear your thoughts before I make my call here. But I will say my prop bet of the week is forty under forty two and a half. Um,
1: uh, I'm I'm with you. I I'm not at all uh, thrilled with with this offense, and we talked about it on on Tuesday's pod. Was their success is driven by the fact that they have a good running game? And when you let Dak loose a little bit, that's when it gets troublesome. This is, if there were a, an offense to, or a defense to throw against, it would be this one. But the secondaries played really well over the past couple of games for the Bears. And I don't think it's a good time to to let Dak loose. Uh, because then what you're going to find is another uh, one of these, like like you just described, the Patriots went into that game Monday night thinking it was going to be a walkover. Uh, and, and I don't think that that uh, occurs too often in the NFL um let alone uh let alone when when your offense is struggling to the point uh where where you need to rely on the run from with a, a quarterback that that costs way too much and is is probably being overutilized uh and so I, I'm with you I like the Bears you know that the the way that they could manipulate the the run game kind of like like you said like the Eagles did on uh, on uh in that game against uh, against Dallas, I, I think they got a, a shot. The nine and a half, is, it, to me, is way too much.
0: Yeah. Um, it's also worth noting that Ezekiel Elliott um, has not practiced all week, has a potential. There's been reports, at least, nothing confirmed, but there's been reports um, of a mild tear in his MCL, uh, which would not knock him out indefinitely, but it does seem like Ezekiel Elliott, is not likely to play in this game, which I think hurts the Cowboys' offense. Now, Tony Pollard is, we know, a very, very good running back, so they still have something. But um, this Cowboys' offense had found an identity running behind those two running backs in that offensive line, and now they're going up against probably the best run-stuffing linebacker in football uh, in uh, Roquan Smith. Yes, the Bears did trade away. Uh, Robert Quinn, but Robert Quinn hasn't really been having that great of a year this year. It's kind of a weird scheme fit with their new coordinators, so I think Chicago keeps it close. I think they keep it within 10. Uh, I don't think the Cowboys offense is going to look all that dynamic, and so I'm going to take Chicago to cover the 9.5, and, and I'm taking the under 2 as my prop bet. Uh, and you are also on on Chicago? Also
1: on the Bears, yep.
0: All right. That means the Cowboys are going to win by 30. Uh, all right, next <laughs> up here, Miami at Detroit. Miami coming off of a, a win on Sunday Night Football. Three and a half point favorites on the road. The Lions uh, just have not looked great. Uh, Monroe St Brown still questionable. Not sure if he's going to clear concussion protocol in time. Uh, which I mean, it's it's honestly it's pretty insane the difference in uh, this offense when he's on the field and when he's not. Uh, he is like the the games that he's gotten hurt in. Uh, the offense goes from functioning at a high level to barely being a competent offense. Uh, you can say the same thing about Deandre Swift too, but I think what Amon Ross St. Brown has opened up for them in the passing game when he's been in has made this offense pretty legitimate. I mean, remember after what, four weeks, they were the number one offense in football. Uh, so right now this over under two at 51 and a half, I think Detroit would be able to move the ball if, They had DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown, but right now we don't know if that's the case. Uh, And another week of two are getting back. Hopefully two has knocked the rust off last week on that Sunday night game. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game, and I think the Dolphins are going to score a late touchdown to go up like four, four to five, somewhere in that range. Um, So I'm going to take Miami to uh, to cover the three and a half on the road against Detroit.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be particularly close you don't uh, as you do. No, I think I, and this has been the, the weakness of, of the lions all year. And I've, I've said it many times on this podcast when receivers can, you have enough good receivers that you can wander one, two or three of them back there. And one of them is going to be open. Well, not only do the dolphins have good receivers now, granted Jalen Waddles banged up and he may, may or not play. He's still questionable right now, Uh, but they also have Tyree kill and they're not going to wander back there. They're going to burn you back there. And, and, for I mean I mean I expect this to be a massive game uh, for for the Dolphins receivers. Dolphins throwing the ball uh, this game, and I uh, I'm high on the on the Dolphins right now. They're gonna they're gonna smash that line out of the water.
0: Yeah, I think I think I can see. I, can, I mean I can see that happening too. Um, I just still don't trust Tua, and I don't trust Tua anymore now that he's coming off of an injury. You know, uh, but we'll see we'll see. I mean if they look like the offense before the Tua injury then, yeah, I think the Dolphins will be able to put up a lot of points here. Um, but, yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting game. All right, next up, we have Cardinals at Minnesota. This is one of the few games that I'm actually pretty excited to watch because uh, the Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins back look like a significantly different team. And I'll tell you what, I feel like Minnesota is a bit of a fraud at 5-1. and one. Um, The only good team that they've played, they got absolutely smacked in the mouth uh, by Philly. Other than that, I mean, I feel like we've, we've gone through their, their schedule before that opening game week against green Bay. I mean, that doesn't seem like an impressive win whatsoever. Uh, and after that it was home against Detroit, which they almost blew, uh, in London against the saints, which they should have blown, uh, then Chicago, which they only won by seven points. And then they beat a bad Minnesota uh, Miami team that was playing Skylar Thompson, for the majority of the game and even still Miami was in that game until the fourth quarter. So uh, in terms of the best, the team's record wise, like I think Minnesota is more of a fraudulent team than uh, New York or Dallas. Like I think both those teams, the giants, I mean, and maybe not, maybe not the jets, but at least in the NFC, I think of those, those three teams, Dallas, the giants and Minnesota, I think Minnesota is the most fraudulent. Um, And when they've played somebody good, They got absolutely curb stomped. Uh, And again, that Green Bay win, which is the only really impressive win on paper uh, on this whole schedule, this whole, you know, um, uh, standings, Jesus Christ. Uh, But they are, uh, again, we know how bad Green Bay is, right? Green Bay is not a good football team. Uh, So Minnesota is a three and a half point favorite at home, which I think is a fair line. You have Patrick Peterson revenge game going up against the Cardinals. But if the Cardinals are throwing the ball in the way that they were on Thursday night and they had a little bit of extra time, that blow up between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, that's either going to unite this team and fix their problems, right? In a way that's like the team players only kind of meetings where sometimes good things come out of big, blow up situations. Just look at Alec Boehm. Um, I just don't know if this is one of those cases because it's either going to be that or it rips the team apart. So, Where is your head at right now with Arizona and Minnesota?
1: I think this is a similar defense to what Arizona played last week. I need to go back, though, before I do this analysis. I'm going to do my prop bet on the last game. Is that cool?
0: Sure. I'm going
1: to back truck up. Uh, I'm I'm going to do uh, my prop bet as Tyreek Hill over on yards at 84.5. To to support my argument that they're going to— to sling the, the bean all over the pitch. Uh, all right, back to Cardinals Vikings. So I, I think they're playing this Cardinals are playing a similar defense, uh, this week to what they did last week against the saints. And I think it continues like D hop had a big game, uh, and, and it, it showed how much it changed that offense. Uh, and, and they didn't even do like get guys involved that I thought were going to get more involved in Zacherts, um, and, uh, and Rondale Moore, uh, those are two weapons that are that are fully capable of of being guys out of the slot that that can either save you or uh, or at least at the very least provide options and get D hop open uh, or let Kyler run around and do his thing, uh, which is kind of what we saw last week. So I think this is a similar result. Uh, Vikings at home. I- I'm with you. I don't trust them, uh, but you know, one o'clock game. There's going to be some two thirty magic from Kirk Cousins at some point. Yeah. That's uh, so true. we'll see. Th- three and a half, uh, I'm still going to take the Cardinals. I'm going to stick with them because this is, uh, uh, I think last week, even though it, uh, ended weird with, uh, with Kyler and, and Cliff Kingsbury, uh, this is a game. I feel like we're on a a week, week to week watch of, uh, of whether or not that thing's going to blow up. So this needs to be a win for them and I'm going to take the Cardinals.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take Arizona as well. The only other thing I'm, I'm thinking of in my head too, is, um, with this Cardinals team, uh, wow! My brain just completely, just completely froze. Holy shit! I'm taking Arizona. There you go. That's all. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. Look at that. Um, what I, what I think with this Arizona team is in in the last few years they got off to a hot start and D Hop was always a major part of that, right? And without D Hop in the lineup, and then obviously with you know adjusting to a new number one wide receiver in Hollywood Brown. I feel like the offense has just kind of been stagnating a little bit. Plus, he also lost Christian Kirk. So it's, you know, it's it's a new wide receiver and not a whole lot else behind him. I think Arizona with Hop, I think they go on a little bit of a run here. I still think they're going to collapse and choke at the end of the season because I don't think this is, you know, a great football team. But I think offensively what Kyler can do – he at least keeps games close, which means at the very least, there's going to be a chance at the end of the game for Arizona to come back and, and cover this spread. So, all right, we're both on Arizona. Uh, Let's go to the battle of the Keystone State. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly coming off the bye week, 11-point favorites at home. Rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, newly acquired Robert Quinn for the Eagles. The Eagles defense somehow getting uh, even more talent on there. And ideally it's going to be a rested up team. Lane Johnson clears uh, concussion protocol. He will be playing on Sunday. I think the Eagles win this game, but I will say my concern is, and and at this point, if it's happened this enough times, there's only been a couple of games where the offense has looked good in the second half. Now that game against Dallas, that was a huge second half drive in the fourth quarter. Lasted seven and a half minutes. They go down and punch in a touchdown. I think they're always going to be capable of going down and doing that at the end of the game, at the end of games, which is why I think Philly, I'm not overly worried about the second half stuff. But I also expect that in the bye week, Sirianni, those guys, they came up with a few new wrinkles. I think everyone's rested. Everyone's healthy. Uh, I think Philly comes in and I think they win. I think they win pretty big. So I'm going to take Philly to cover the 11 and a half. I don't feel great about it because that's a huge line. Um, but I like my boys. I think they're going to come out firing this week.
1: Yeah. And for all the reasons you mentioned why you're you're worried are the exact reasons I'm going to take the Steelers in this one. I think they have enough uh, offensively to, to move the ball. Uh, Philly's a scary, scary defensive team. Don't get me wrong. And they just added more talent with Robert Quinn. Uh, but... Yeah, the, Kenny Pickett can sling it, man. Kenny Pickett can sling it and he can it sling it to the pains, other team. It pains me to say that because he's a pit Panther. Uh, but you know, uh, winners win. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, and Kenny Pickett's Kenny Pickett's going to have a nice game. Uh, I, I don't think they're anywhere close to winning, but I do think they cover the 11 and a half,
0: which is a good bet. It's a ton. Of, it's a, it's 11 straight up, by the way. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, it's a it's an interesting bet because what I was going to say is if you're if you're thinking about the Steelers, you look at the last you know two games that they've played since they benched Trubisky, right? Um, Twenty to eighteen win against Tampa Bay, sixteen to ten loss against Miami. Um, Philly's much better offensively than both of those teams. Uh, so again, if you're if you're picking the Eagles, that's where you hang your hat on with this line. If you're going to roll with Pittsburgh and covering the spread there, then that's what you hang your hat on. And say, hey, look we stayed close against two pretty good teams at least average to pretty good teams in Tampa Bay and Miami we beat one of them we hung on at the end uh however Tua looked so rusty and that Miami offense looked so bad in the second half that it opened the door for Pittsburgh to come back and try to steal that game uh ultimately they didn't Miami um still covered the spread i think no uh, sorry pittsburgh covered the spread no, pittsburgh week, did. yeah yeah uh, cuz it was a 7 point spread so it was bad beat for a lot of uh Yeah, make it two, Um. and
1: and I'll tell you what too. If you're if you're looking for a prop bet, I almost made this one mine this week. But the second quarter over is six and zero in Eagles games this year. Yeah, you can get that at over thirteen points. I I think that is more than doable. Oh, it's more than doable doable for that offense.
0: But Vegas is gonna has caught on to that. You know what I mean? Like Vegas is catching on. It's the same thing with the Cardinals first half under, or first half spread too. You know, it's like both of those have hit, I think, almost every single week so far this year. Um, yeah, I mean, except for the Thursday night game, I think Arizona covered. Uh, I, I could see it being close. Pittsburgh is a good football team, at least good defensive football team, right? And there, we know how well coached they're going to be. We know Tomlin's a really good coach. Um, but I just, coming off the bye, I feel like the Eagles are going to be coming out ready. To, and plus, with how buzzing that city is right now, um, I just feel like those guys are getting ready to fucking smash some people. So I got to roll with my boys. Everything's coming up Philly right now, so I got I got to keep rolling with it while 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 we have it, because we all know that it's not going to stick around for long. Um, actually, while we're here, by the way, do you want to put in our official bets picks for the uh, World Series while we're talking Philly?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Let's do what it. What do you
0: got? What do you got?
1: Astro- Astros and five. Fuck you. I'm ki- I, no. I'm just. <laughs> they haven't lost anyway, the game, this man. Has been
0: a great episode of the read option. This is Scotty's last episode. I forgot <laughs> to say that up at the top.
1: Now, the pitching is going to be phenomenal. This, this season. So I, I, I would look at, uh, at if you can get totals for, uh, for the series, uh, for runs, I think they're going to be at a premium. Um, hmm. uh, I just think that like Philly has more guys you can mash. And that's what burns the Astros. I do think I was messing with you. Astro with the Astros in five. I do think Philly wins the series. I think it might go the full seven.
0: So this Houston team is fucking disgusting. Like they're so good.
1: And I'm rooting for dusty Baker. He's a former Giants manager.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone loves the hundred years old. Yeah. And he's never won a world series as a manager. Like I, I think everyone wants to see dusty, but at the same time, America hates Houston, which is why he was such a genius person to hire to be the manager there when they fired AJ Hinch. Um, that, that rotation just scares the shit out of me. However, Justin Verlander career in the World Series. Do you know what his record is?
1: Probably pathetic. I mean, Pablo Sandoval hit three home runs off him in
0: 2012. 0-6. Oh, yeah, that's better. You right. know what his ERA is? 5.68.
1: I was gonna I was so I was thinking somewhere around six. It was the home.
0: one thing that concerned me was I thought I thought Wheeler would be ready to pitch game one. And instead they have to go with Nola, who for them other than his start against San Diego has been a fucking stud Um, all playoffs, but against this team, you just can't make a mistake throughout that whole lineup. And if Nola's on, then I like the Phillies against Verlander. And I think they, they can steal game one. And then, Hey, you got the best pitcher in baseball right now, Zach Wheeler on the bump for game two. Um, I'm going to take Philly. I'm going to take Philly in. I have to take Philly obviously, but I'm going to take Philly in six. I think we shocked the world. I really want to say game five because I really want it to be in Philly. Um, and so I also, this is bad news for for me. Uh, I have a wedding the weekend of game six and game seven. So if, if, if they win on game six, then it's happy days. I'll actually be in Harrisonburg. It'll be awesome. Uh, If they win game seven, then I will be at a wedding. Um, So I'm really hoping one way or the other, it doesn't go seven games because that would fucking suck. Anyway, uh, and if it was like a Philly wedding, it'd be one thing because everybody would be watching it. Um, Like what a memorable night that would be if your team won the World Series on the day you got married. But (laughs) And how about this too? Uh, Philly's first home World Series game since 08. It's going to be on Halloween.
1: Things get weird on Halloween.
0: Crazy shit's going to happen. Bryce Harper, walk <laughs> off to win the World Series. You heard it here first. All right. Um, let's move on here. Uh, that's our that's talking baseball on the pod. Uh, next game on the schedule. Got two more before we take a quick break. Las Vegas at New Orleans. This is one that I almost took as my prop bet, and I kind of regret um taking the chicago and dallas under so maybe will you let me switch it if i can yeah you let me switch it yeah, i'll right. give it to you yeah i'm gonna switch and if i don't get it then this is just gonna be hilarious um raiders saints right now vegas is a one and a half point favorite on the road raiders two and four saints two and five raiders offense has been clicking of late saints say they're starting andy dalton so it's going to be more of that andy dalton Taysom hill bunch of Weird shit going on in that offense. Uh, and neither team has been playing good defense this year. So uh, I like the Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to make a bit of a comeback this year. I think they're going to win this. They'll get the three and four. The rest of their schedule doesn't get too scary. There's a lot of a lot of winnable games. We went over that on Tuesday's pod. I'm going to take the Raiders, cover the one and a half, and I'm going to take the over here, over 49. Um, because to me, that line seems way too low. I think both these teams, I think they're going to score well into the fifties in this game. So Raiders saints, I'm taking the right Yeah.
1: A little Dennis Allen revenge game. How about that? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So I didn't
0: even didn't even think,
1: you know, he's going to have his defense fired up, ready to go for that as bad as they've been this year. One and a half man throw all the numbers out the window. They're going to a city full of voodoo on Halloween weekend. Forget it. It's the Saints by a million.
0: Wow. All right. Rolling with the Saints. All right. Last up here in the early window, another game that I was more interested in until I watched Monday night football, Pats, Jets. We started talking about the Pats a little bit there. Got down that little side tangent. Um, Look, I still, I don't love this Pats team with everything that's gone on on Monday night. I don't think any of it's gotten fixed or solved or better since then. Uh, and they're operating on a short week here against the Jets team that, hey, like what a massive blow they lose Brees Hall. Then they go out and make a great trade. Joe Douglas makes a great trade for James Robinson, right? Joe Douglas, disciple of Howie Roseman, right? He knows how to swindle some trades. I thought it was a great deal for the Jets. Robinson now immediately becomes the number one option. And he had been running the ball really well, but they just wanted to get the ball to ETN. They saw a way to get another asset. Makes a whole bunch of sense if you are the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you're giving James Robinson a chance to go play somewhere. Uh, And I think he's going to be really good in that offense. Plus, you have Michael Carter there uh, too. The bigger loss, though, and I know everyone loves Brees Hall. He became a fantasy darling. Everyone just, you know, was really bummed with his injury, as am I. But the bigger loss that the Jets had on Sunday was Elijah Barrett Tucker who had started at three different positions already this year and has graded in like one of the, I think it was like 85 or higher at all three positions playing at an elite level. He played both tackle spots and guard. And Um, you loved
1: him coming out of the draft.
0: I did. I, and I thought he would play more guard than tackle, but here he is playing left tackle, right tackle, left guard. I mean, he plays all over that offensive line. That's a huge loss for this jets team and Patriots. The Pat's coming off of a, of a bad loss. Like they did on Monday night, it feels like, yeah, it, Bill's gonna get in their ass a little bit. But the Pats being a two and a half point favorite on the road with how this Jets team has played so far and how this Jets fan base has gone absolutely ape shit with irrational confidence. Um, I'm gonna take the points. I, I feel like there's a good chance New Lingan pulls this out, but I'm gonna roll with the Jets, J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets.
1: I'm with you, man. It's been like I feel like a million years since uh the Jets have beaten <laughs> the Patriots. Yeah, uh, it does feel that way. At all, let alone at, at, whether at home or on the road, but uh Yeah, I'm going I'm with you. I'm going to fly with the Jets. Uh because the Jets their record been really is five The good for
0: you, by the way. Yeah.
1: Their record's 5 and 2 and that's the record against the spread too. The Jets have been good for me except the one week that I picked both them and the Giants. Uh and I thought I was crazy. And then they both ended up covering the spread. So yeah. uh uh but you know, um uh, uh I'm with you, man. I, I think I think James Robinson adds a, a nice little dimension uh with the loss of Brees Hall. I think you gotta I don't know what it is, man. I think it's still stuff from last year that Zach Wilson is just not seeing the field. I mean, his average depth of target has been like two and a half yards, three and a half yeah. yards, something like that. Um uh, in the games that he's played this year. And so I, I don't know, man, I, like I said on Tuesday, I like, I much like preferred seeing Joe Flacco, uh, quarterback in that offense, which is just bizarre to, to say, but I, I think the jets have enough, uh, on offense in the tank. And then they've been really good on defense. It's going to be hard for, uh, Bailey Zapier or Mac Jones, whoever they decide to quarterback, uh, for them to throw the ball, uh, against this defense and then their run defense has been, uh, really solid as well,
0: uh, and, for the jets. So, well, so, um, I'm, I'm... well, it came out too, by the way, Mac Jones will be starting, um, uh, the game on Sunday. So, uh, we will have Mac Jones starting, which again, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't understand anything with this team. Just very odd, very weird. Um, yeah. And God sauce Gardner has been so good he's been so good uh, that and, that defense has been really good and the thing with Zach Wilson too um Zach Wilson hasn't done anything that like really impresses you or like makes you think wow that you know he's playing such good high quality football he's really just doing what he needs to keeping a couple of plays alive you know maybe scrambles a little bit they're not asking him to do a ton and they're running the ball and playing really good defense however I do think it's worth noting Their wins this year are at Cleveland, at Pittsburgh, home against Miami, which again, banged up. Was that? uh, Yeah, that was.
1: Yeah, that was the Teddy Two Gloves game.
0: That was the Teddy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) At Green Bay, at Denver. So, so far, uh, no good wins. And then the two losses were Baltimore and Cincinnati, who they got spanked by in both those games, 24-9 to and 27-12. So could still be a little bit of fool's gold. But I do feel like they're right it's a young team that's kind of riding momentum. I do think it continues so yeah, we're gonna take the Jets. All right uh, let's take a quick break. come back on the other side. we'll knock out the rest of the games. We've got six more games in the NFL plus our four uh, college picks and we'll get you guys off and ready for the weekend. All right at the back end of the NFL schedule for Sunday starting we have a 405 Eastern time game and then three 425. Uh, PM Eastern time games as Scott, you in the break, were just, you're getting upset. Your, your brother by name of Scott, Scott Hanson's likely to get cut off again due to broadcasting regulations, yeah, which upsets ridiculous. you. It upsets you.
1: It does. I've talked about it on the pod. Why do I pay all this money? I want to watch Scott Hansen, but all the international people get to watch him. <laughs> Stupid broadcasting rights, but we love you. If you want to broadcast us on the read option pod, you can find us at read option pod on Twitter. <laughs>
0: Imagine us trying to call an NFL game, that'd be hilarious. You'd get fired immediately. All right, oh, yeah, a thousand
1: percent.
0: Though we would do well on like live streams, though. We were like live streaming it, we did a couple of live streams. As
1: long as swearing and drinking are allowed. Oh, good. yeah,
0: oh, yeah, that's yes, that's the important part. That's the important part. All right, uh, here we go. 4.05 start time, first game here. Titans, Texans. Uh, right now, Tennessee is a two and a half point favorite on the road. I don't, this is a total, total snake line, uh, a rat line rather. I don't understand this at all. Um, look, I know Tennessee hasn't looked like world beater so far, but Houston's probably the worst team in the league. At least they're in the conversation, because every time we talk about a Carolina or a Pittsburgh or, you know, some of these other teams that have looked really bad at certain points this year, they turn around and win a game, right? Houston has stayed up close in a lot of games, but they have not covered, uh, a two and a half point spread, all that often. Um, so, yeah, you know what? I'm taking Tennessee here. I just think they're going to be able to run the ball whenever they want. Um, I know Derek Singletary. We're or Sing, God, just- Stingley. Thank you, Derek Singletary. Where, where's my brain today? Stingley. God, I cannot fucking talk. Has been just as good as Osagard. Um, they've been the two most impressive rookie cornerbacks I've ever seen starting in a rookie year in the NFL. Like they've just been unreal. So, um, I'm taking Tennessee here because there's no one else on that defense that scares you. There's no one on that offense that scares you. I will give them credit. They are well coached. They do fight hard. Um, but I think Tennessee wins here by at least a touchdown. Two and a half seems like way too low. Uh, unless you know something, I don't know. I, it just seems like this is a lock for Tennessee.
1: No, I I think it's... I, the line, I'm not as like weirdly off-put by it as you are. I think it's right on. I mean, Tennessee's offense seems to be one-dimensional. The problem is that dimension is going to beat you, like game in and game out when he's healthy. Um, and the later we get in the season, the the more evident that becomes. The strength of the, the Texans' defense for what it is is in the secondary. They're not going to ask... Ryan Tannehill will throw the ball a whole lot this year. They haven't already, uh, so I think this is a this is a game where if you have Derrick Henry in your fantasy team, uh, you're probably doing cartwheels all Sunday long uh, with your 40 to 50 point day. Uh, and I'm with you. I think the the Titans are going to cover pretty
0: easily here. All right, we're both on Tennessee. Uh, let's move on here. Next up, Washington at Indy. We would have said it's a Carson Wentz revenge game, but that's not likely. Uh, the other big thing, what
1: how does he skate by with that? He's not going to play the Colts, he's not going to play the Eagles.
0: Well, he did play I the mean, Eagles, but just he's not going to have to be in Philly, which you could argue the way the Eagles fans took over FedEx Field in week three. Eh, he basically played the Eagles uh, in Philly, but uh, yeah, I mean, eh, he's got an injury, he's out. Uh, and Taylor Heineke coming in off a of heater. Uh, the other big piece of NFL news that <laughs> broke this week that we didn't talk about yet, um, Matt Ryan being benched for the rest of the season um really really interesting move only because you don't really see this a whole lot like i matt ryan was getting absolutely physically destroyed like i i had don't know uh
1: for of a quarterback in in the league
0: yeah um and so as and look and i understand quarterbacks typically have a drop-off but like matt ryan was still playing pretty good football last year um, I think there were some scheme things that are off. I think the offensive line's been bad, and they don't have a whole lot of weapons. So I think all of that added up has been why this team has been really bad. And unfortunately, the 38-year-old Matt Ryan was catching the brunt of it, you know, playing getting fucking sacked every other snap. So in comes Sam Ellinger. So if you remember those college football games at Texas, Sam Ellinger, horns up, right? You know, he's kind of a hard o, but was a decent college core or was a good college quarterback, not someone I ever thought would translate to the NFL. And yet here he is, you know, this is his what third, second season. This is second season in the league, right? He's going to get a chance to play. Um, Indy is a three point favorite, I don't quite get that. Um, then again, Washington, I wouldn't expect it to be any closer because Washington's bad. So uh, this game to me is a toss up. I, I really have no idea what to expect out of, out of Taylor Heineke. If it's the normal Taylor Heineke, you know, progression of games with him as a starting quarterback, it's going to go good game, bad game, and then create But all of it's going to be crazy and unpredictable. So I'm going to take the Colts minus three, which I hate, but who knows? Maybe Sam Ellinger comes in there, and gives him a little bit of a spark.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you, Sam Ellinger is is a perfect candidate for you know, especially in this game. Hey, don't do too much. The strength of their defense. Is has been the secondary over the past couple of weeks, particularly the safeties. So, we don't want you to get lost with guys disguising coverage and, and forcing the ball where you don't need to. You've got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, you've got Michael Pittman that can run whatever route you want. Uh, you've got Paris Campbell who's who had a good week last week, and you got uh, Mo Ali Cox is a very serviceable tight end, uh, who can be an out uh, for uh, for Sam Ellinger too. And not to mention uh, guys like Naeem Hines you can come off the bench. And uh, and be able to to do some work out of the out of the backfield catching the ball and running as well. So I don't think they're going to have to ask him to do a lot of uh of stuff against uh, against this Commanders defense. But on the flip side, for the offense for uh, for Washington, this is why I'm going to take them. And how dare you disrespect the Green Lizard like that? Taylor Heineke wins ball games. I'm not even a Commanders fan. I live here, but I will I will. I'm with these guys, and I when I say that I would love to see him playing in every game rather than Carson Wentz. So uh, give me give me Ron Rivera to to uh, scheme up a defense strong enough to uh to beat at least Jonathan Taylor and then Taylor Heineke to take over and win the ball game for the Commanders.
0: Yeah, I, I trust me. I I was very close to picking them. Like I said, this game is a complete toss up to me. I love Taylor Heineke. I, I mean, I wish he played for another team. Then again, like. I'm not all that I've never had like an anger towards Washington because they've never really been a threat in my lifetime. They've just consistently been terrible uh, with a couple of flashes here and there, but Taylor, I is is really Rex far. Grossman, Rex Grossman, <laughs> Jason Campbell. Uh, you know, RG three. Uh, well, yeah. And RG three, but like the Kirk cousins years and RG three and stuff, like even with that, I was just like, meh, just like, I always just kind of felt bad for Washington fans. Um, And Heineke is fun, but Heineke is also going to get you in trouble. So I think just like Heineke stepped in and won the game for, uh, for Washington last week, we're going to see the same thing this week, but it's going to be Sam Ellinger coming in backup quarterback magic and Colts are going to ride. All right. A few more games left here. We have the Niners, your San Francisco 49ers at the Rams. San Francisco is a one and a half point favorite. Um, Remind me again, Scotty, what the uh, track record is with these two teams since we've had McVeigh and uh, Kyle Shanahan there.
1: Uh, the 49ers are ridiculously good against the Rams in the regular season.
0: Yes, they are. They are. They are. San Francisco is going to win this game. Chris McCaffrey is going to have a monster day. Uh, I know the Rams are coming off of a buy, but the Rams offensive line is awful. The Niners are going to be able to get after him. And the Niners need a big bounce-back game after how they got embarrassed last week by Kansas City. Uh, And they're not going to let it happen two weeks in a row, not with the talent on that defense. So uh, San Francisco, one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. We know the history between McVay and Kyle Shanahan. I'm rolling with your Niners there, Scotty.
1: Yeah, and and for Jimmy G, it's just be good enough, man. Like, do what you've been doing.
0: Well, he's due Uh, for a good game, right? That's the thing with Jimmy. He'll have a bad game, and he didn't even play that bad last week. The defense really let them down. He didn't play great, but he didn't play awful. You know, he's yeah. due for a, a good Jimmy G game this week. Yeah. The
1: only, the only big concern I have is the, is the Niners offensive line, uh, cause that seems to be a, a sore spot all, all year, whether it's injuries or, or just not playing well. I mean, McGlinchey got bull rushed and, and dominated on the, on the line, uh, for, I mean, the better part of the last year and a half. So, uh, and, this season hasn't looked stellar, but hopefully, you know, we can get in and double team a little bit. Uh, you know, with without them having Von Miller on the defensive line, it's a little less threatening than it was in the NFC championship game. So uh if you can double team uh Aaron Donald on the offensive line, do just enough on on offense. And I think you're right. I think this is one of the weeks where, especially with Christian McCaffrey having such a, a high football IQ, I think this week of practice they're they're going to most people are probably expecting that it'll be a slow progression. I think you see a, a ton of of progression in the uh, in the dynamicism that you see out of McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, all on the field at the same time. So uh, I'm with you, Niners, uh, by a million, please, because I hate the Rams.
0: All right, we're both on the Niners. All right, next up, I think probably the most fun game of the week, at least the one that I'm most excited to watch that's not the Eagles, uh, Giants at Seahawks. Seahawks are three point favorite at home against the six and one giants who Vegas even still thinks is not fully fraudulent, but just isn't nearly as good as people think Their their magic's going to run out. And I think it runs out this week. Cause I think the Seattle team is really good. Um, just, I do not think DK is playing. Did we ever get, I know he didn't tear an ACL. Um, I know he wasn't done for the year. I don't think he's playing in this game, which definitely hurts Seattle's offense a little bit, Kenneth Walker, the third is really good. The offensive line has been playing at a really high level and you still have Tyler Lockett and Geno Smith continues to be the most efficient quarterback in the NFL this year. So the giants, the one thing I will say, Seattle's defense hasn't been great. And you know, that, you know, Saquon's going to hang around and, and break off a big run at some point, if they can limit that, I don't think they're afraid of, of uh, Danny dimes and, As the season has progressed, the Seahawks defense has gotten better and better. I like Seattle. I think Seattle moves to five and three here.
1: Speaking of teams I hate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, I I don't, I think most people look at this game and go, which one of you are for real? Um, And like, even in this game, I don't think you're going to learn a whole lot more than you know already. Uh, because I think either both are really fraudulent or both are really good. But what I do know is that the New York Giants have a lot more weapons, uh, namely Saquon uh, and, and Wondell Robinson, who's played really well too uh, on offense. That that Danny Dimes has been able to throw to. I think their offense is a little bit more dynamic. Nobody wants to believe in the Giants. I'll do it for you, New York Giants, by a hundred.
0: Fuck the Giants. They're frauds. They're frauds. Actually, no, they're a very, very, very well-coached football team. But at some point, this run runs out, you know? And they're on a pretty unprecedented run. Um, Not quite unprecedented. It's happened two other times where teams start the season six and one uh, with, like, the point differential and the – uh, like, they don't have a single wide receiver over 200 yards passing this year or receiving this year. Like, just – the amount their record given the lack of actual production is insane. And look, a win's a win, right? There's no pictures on, on a record. I get it. But at some point this is going to even out. And I think it happens this week, uh, Sunday night football Packers bills, a game that again, we said at the top, we were both excited for Thought it would be a really, really fun game. It, it does not look like it's going to be that uh, the Packers are an 11 and a half point underdog at Buffalo this week. Buffalo coming off the bye. I just feel like all right. So I think I Buffalo's gonna beat them by a million, or it's gonna be a barn burner down to the end. A little bit of rest for Buffalo. We've seen it happen a couple of times. Everyone's out on the Packers, and then all of a sudden, Sunday night primetime, Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does. He always finds way to play well on Sunday night. It's been his time slot over the last, you know, decade. Aaron Rodgers in primetime Sunday night football. So, I, it's, I, this is going to be the fourth week in a row that I take Green Bay and it bites me in the ass, but I'm going to do it anyway. I know, I know what I'm doing and I know it's dumb, but it's also a lot of points. Give me Green Bay to cover the 11 and a half.
1: Yeah. The first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, he's been a double digit dog. How about that? First time ever. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> And it's hard, right? You know, you think you, at, at some point, we talk about this too with the, with, with Brady. It's like at some point, uh, similar to what we think about the, the Giants and the Jets and, and some of these other potentially fraudulent teams. At some point, it has to pop, right? At some point, Brady and Rodgers have to be better because no matter what's around them, no matter what the circumstances, they're still two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. You got another of the best quarterbacks uh, coming up to ever play the game, and that's Josh Allen. And I think uh, you know we talked a lot last week uh, about you know the the Chiefs and the 49ers game, which is a two and a half point spread. And it was kind of like, well, we're either going to find out a lot about the Chiefs or 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 the 49ers in this one. And the Chiefs rolled like the Chiefs just kind of shook. On, and and like we said, they're they're those two teams, the Bills and the Chiefs, are a tier above everyone else, and it's not particularly close with the rest of the NFL. I think this is the game where the bills come out and absolutely curb stomp the Packers and just kind of shake them off and be like, get out of here with this crap. What are you rolling in here to Buffalo?
0: And and that's how they've looked the last couple of times we've seen them. Um, After, you know, like the weird game against Miami and the weird game against Baltimore. And then they had the huge win against Kansas city. I just, I, don't know, man. I hate, I hate betting against Buffalo. It's also a huge spread. But also hate against I hate betting I'll, against Aaron Rodgers. So, not sure what to uh, what to say. I'll give it. I'm I'll give
1: surprised. it. I'll, I'm taking the bills.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, last up here in the NFL Monday Night Football: Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. It was announced today, Thursday, that Jamar Chase uh, reaggravated a hip injury last week and will be sidelined for the next four to six weeks. Uh, not good signs for a Bengals team that looked like they had finally kind of turned everything around. Very good thing. If you own uh, Tyler Boyd or T Higgins in fantasy um, and it, at least they're going up against the Browns who I, none of us really think are all that great. They're three and a half point favorites. It's in Cleveland. It's going to be a Monday night game. The crowd's going to be lit up for it. Uh, I just, I don't think th- I, f- I said it before. I feel like we've seen, the most out of Jacoby Brissett as possible. Um, They haven't really run the ball all that well, despite the fact that they started off running the ball at an elite level. The last couple of weeks they've struggled. The defense hasn't looked great and I love Joe Burrow. So um, I think Joe Burrow is going to find a way to get it done. Even with Jamar chase being out, I think T Higgins has a monster couple of weeks and I'm going to roll with Cincinnati on Monday night football minus three and a half.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. The, the, the Bengals defensive line has looked better and better each week. Uh, And so it's going to be even more challenging for uh, even a guy like Nick Chubb to run the ball. Uh, I do think that uh, he, he does have a a decent enough game because they're going to ask a lot of him. And usually he works better in volume. So if he's up over 20, 25 carries uh, in that game, uh, I think he, he himself will have a a solid game, but uh, on, uh, you know, uh, for the, the, the Browns defense, they're going to have to do a lot, even with just those two receivers, um, and then Hayden Hurst, obviously, has been an, a bit of an X factor this year for most of the year. Absolutely. Uh, so i I don't think that the the Browns have uh, for for a decent enough defense, and they're really good on defensive line, but I don't think their secondary and uh, and and linebacking mm-hmm. core is enough to uh, to contain the uh, the offensive weaponry. And you know, for the Bengals, like go back to throwing to Joe Mixon out of the backfield that seems to have worked instead of like running them up the gut for, for nothing. Yeah. Um, So that's just another weapon to add.
0: And the fact that they've switched to under center a lot more too helps the running game. And that's, I think another thing is they haven't just been able to throw the ball deep more because of that adjustment. They're running the ball more efficiently, which I think is huge. All right. Uh, Those are our NFL picks. Let's go move on here. We got four games to go over here in college football. Again, not a great slate, but a lot of times when that happens. You get some upsets, so who knows? Maybe we'll see some crazy shit. Uh, no Bama this week. Uh, I think no Georgia either. Or does Georgia play? No, Georgia plays Florida. That's right. It's the Florida Georgia game this week, or Georgia Florida game, depending on who you're talking to. Because if you talk to somebody from Florida, it's the Florida Georgia game. Talk to somebody from Georgia, it's the Georgia Florida game. Uh, that's what. The what Southern... does the
1: country band do? Is it the Florida Georgia game for Florida Georgia line, or is it the Georgia Florida game?
0: It's the I, it's a good question, right? I always said <laughs> Florida Georgia game because of the band. It just came out of my it was more natural coming out of my mouth. Um that's what she said. Uh all right, let's move <laughs> on. Uh more into Cincinnati it. at UCF is gonna be the first game. Cincinnati number 20 team in the country, sitting at six and one, going up against a five and two UCF squad. Um UCF's a one and a half point favorite here. Now, one of the most underrated and you could probably make the argument the most difficult group of five stadium and environment to play in is, I forget the name of it, but is the, uh, the home of the, uh, the black Knights there. So I kind of want to take UCF, but I've watched Cincinnati a few times this year, the adjustment that they've made after losing what they did last year, that program is in such a good spot. And I'll tell you this right now, when they jump up to the big 12 in a couple of years, they are not going to skip a beat. They're going to be one of the best teams in the Big 12 upon arrival. Uh, I love Luke Fickle. I love this Cincinnati team. Rolling with the Bearcats as one and a half point underdogs on the road.
1: I'm with you. I think they cover. You know, as explosive as explosive as UCF's offense is. I mean, John Reese Plumley's having a year, uh, but you know, not not too far off from from. Uh, from what Ben Bryant's doing at at Cincinnati under, under, under center there. But I mean, UCF averaging 511 yards per game, uh, they're balanced too. That's, that's what scares me. The Cincinnati defense is going to be asked to do a lot more than defend the pass, which is what they've gotten a lot of, uh, all season long. But I do think the Bearcats, uh, keep it close. uh, and I'm with you. I think they cover the one and a half.
0: All right. Both on Cincinnati. Funny back-to-back Cincinnati because we we just took Cincinnati to wrap up NFL too. Uh, all right, next up, Oklahoma State at Kansas State. Right now the Wildcats, one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Adrian Martinez going for uh, Kansas State, who has played fantastic this year. Uh, and same thing with Spencer Sanders for Oklahoma State. Both of these guys have played really, really well this season. Um, and a credit to Adrian Martinez too, who had just a terrible reputation – After what Scott Frost did to him at Nebraska, he stayed at Nebraska for a long time. He didn't quit. He hung around. He took his licks. And then he left as a grad transfer. And and I give him a lot of credit for that because he could have dipped out of there. He chose not to. He stuck around. And now he's having a ton of success under Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. I do like that team a lot. But everyone wants to doubt this Oklahoma State team. And credit to TCU for that insane comeback a couple weeks ago. It's one of the most insane games. Uh, I said it going into that week. That would be the craziest game of the college football weekend. And it was by far, despite the Alabama Tennessee game going on at the same time. So credit to TCU for pulling that game out. That doesn't make me think any less of Oklahoma state because TCU is a really good football team. I like the pokies. I think the pokies, I mean, they were six and a half point underdogs last week at home against Texas, and they beat them down. I like this Oklahoma State team, both athletic, mobile quarterbacks. I think it's going to be a really fun game. It's probably the game I'm most excited to watch this game this weekend. Um, But I'm taking the pokies, Oklahoma State to cover.
1: Absolutely. And this this seems like a game that I don't know why people continue to doubt. Uh, Oklahoma State. Let alone you put you put them in a road game in a scenario where they're a dog uh, as a top ten team. This is a game that Mike Gundy wins a hundred times out of fifty, uh, and, and it's and it's it's ridiculous that that they keep doing that. I don't know what Vegas is doing. They obviously know something. I think Adrian Martinez is a really good quarterback, but it's not just on offense for for Oklahoma State. Uh, it's it, the way they've played defensively so far this year has been astounding and and Kansas State for as good as Chris Kleiman has brought that program back. Uh you know they've had a couple of tough games where they where they only scored I think it was like 17 against Tulane, who is a surprising team this year, but that's not a team that you should only put 17 up against. And then they put up I think it was a similar number against Iowa State, who's not that good at all. Um so to me this is this is a, a weird line and and perhaps it's bait uh in Vegas, but I'm gonna, I'm with you. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State as well. Yeah. The only look, OSU team to win this weekend, by the way.
0: Well, look, Kansas, I mean Kansas State's a really good team, too. Like it it's not a knock. Oh, yeah. No, them. I'm not they, doubting that. They've yeah. overachieved and, and have played really good football. I just and I'm not here to say, like, oh my God, no one believes in Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has just in the national world. I mean, I, the line last week made no sense. Six and a half point underdogs at home against Texas. Made no fucking sense. Um I just, I don't know. I love, I love the pokies this year. All right. Next up Kentucky at Tennessee. This is a really interesting game. Can Kentucky's defense travel? I, it's a huge question, especially going up against Hendon hooker in this offense. I think you could make the argument, the best wide receiving core in the country at Tennessee, at least it's up there. I'd probably put Ohio state one, but Tennessee's probably right behind them at number two. Uh, I think, love this Tennessee team. They're a 12-point favorite, which is a huge line, but Kentucky cannot score the ball all that well, and with the resurgence of LSU, um, you kind of have to look at that win against LSU, where what, they beat them like 40-17 to in Baton Rouge. You look at that game, and you think, man, well, if LSU is is as good as we've seen knocking off Ole Miss, right, and they're going to get a chance to take on Bama at home in the dark next week, which will be an electric game for LSU. But I don't know, man. I think Tennessee is a much better defensive team than they get credit for. The one time they put up, you know, they blew let up what 49 points last week or two weeks ago against Bama. You're going up against the reigning Heisman winner and arguably a potential first overall pick in the draft next year in Bryce Young. Uh, there's not a whole lot of teams that can hold them to less than that. And yet you still scored more. I love this Tennessee team. I think they're going to give Georgia a run for their money, um, which I believe that game is next week, which should end up being like the biggest game in college football. Cause I think Tennessee has a chance of winning that game. Uh, and if they beat Georgia and Alabama in the same season, holy shit, this is what a run for Tennessee. Of course it opens the door for the nightmare situation of Tennessee loses to Georgia, uh, Alabama wins out. And then I guess, well, Would ten no because then Tennessee would have the tiebreaker, yeah, no 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 because Tennessee's in the wait is Tennessee in the East? They're in the East. No, I think they're in the West. We're gonna do some live because it wasn't a divisional game. Well, that's because that's the one cross one that they do every year. I don't. I don't think. I think Tennessee is in the SEC West. I'm doing some some live action research here. Um. Yeah, they're uh, they're sorry. Tennessee's in the East. Alabama's in the West. Mm -hmm. I always get that backwards. Yeah. So if so, let's say Georgia beats Tennessee, and I know we're picking games here, but this hypothetical is awesome to me. Let's say Georgia beats Tennessee. Tennessee wins out, has one loss, beats Bama, right as one of their as like their big win, loses in a close game to Georgia, then Georgia loses to Bama in the sec championship game oh baby and you have three one loss sec teams that have all beaten each other put them all in how do you leave one of them out Uh, you can't
1: unless you find yourself with two one loss big 10 teams because
0: it'd be those three teams (laughs) and then ohio state which i don't think ohio state's gonna lose all season oh Um,
1: be careful my friend
0: i i I, will we'll get to that game in a second um the number one team in the pac 12 they're already down to their last hope with oregon oregon drops a game their their chances are done i guess ucla technically could win out too and avenge that game uh, but they'd play
1: each other though and yeah that's what i mean so, that's the problem
0: <laughs> um but but oregon would have two losses so if if ucla beat oregon oregon would have two losses because they got spanked by georgia so you would have ucla one loss pac 12 champion Um, and then who knows about, I mean, TCU already has a loss right now too. Right. So, or is TCU still undefeated?
1: No, they're undefeated.
0: They're undefeated. So TCU still out there. It's not likely, but it is just a fun scenario to talk about. Um, sorry, I'm taking Tennessee minus the 12 long winded (laughs) way of saying that. I just love, I love (laughs) hypotheticals for college football playoffs. I love them.
1: Uh, yeah, me too, man. It's, uh, it's especially fun when your team's not in the fight, uh, as we usually aren't. We're always OLI. Uh, Penn State is, but uh, you're wrong. Uh, Will Levis is going to spin the bean. This is a trap game for Tennessee. They're looking overlooking Kentucky to get to Georgia, uh, which is the biggest game left on their schedule. Uh, find a way to Atlanta to the to the conference championship game. Tennessee is going to overlook him. Kentucky wins by hundred.
0: Wow. Willie
1: Levis.
0: We'll see. Outright
1: That's, win for Kentucky. That's what I'm going to do. Wow. Basketball school.
0: All right. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, and that leaves, super doc. Us, <laughs> leaves us with one more game. Your Penn State Nittany Lions, 15 and a half point underdogs at home against Ohio State. What time is this kickoff, Scotty?
1: A little noon kickoff. Stripe out. The weirdest thing ever. I've never in my life uh, recall a noon kickoff. In Happy Valley against Ohio State, never, never, ever.
0: Especially with both teams being ranked within what Penn State's thirteenth in the country right 13,
1: now. Thirteen, yeah. <sighs> well, Fox got it's broadcasting rights. Fox got the big noon kickoff. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, game day would be there this week, probably.
0: It's a shame. Um, this should be this should be the the a night game, uh, which I think puts Penn State at yet another disadvantage. Um, I'm sorry, man michigan oh, it's steam- fine. michigan absolutely steamrolled you guys <laughs> ohio state can steamroll you if they want and they can also drop a million passing yards on you uh cj stroud has been so good this year ohio state's been the best team in college football in my opinion um i'm sorry scotty i hate to do it but ohio state covers the 15 and a half and i think it's about a 30 point blow up
1: <laughs> that's funny uh
0: I'm going to remember that. Yeah, I think
1: we're going to cover. I think we're going to cover regardless. Um, but B, I, you know, look, Ohio State's used to rolling into Happy Valley. The big wide out, the night game, college game day is usually there. It's a whole scene. They're mentally prepared for this. This is what gets them fired up and ready to go come playoff time. As Lee Corso says, not so fast, my friends. A little weird action Halloween weekend. You throw in a noon kickoff in Happy Valley against Ohio State, throw them off a little bit. I don't know, weird things can happen. And guess what? We got a stripe out too. We're undefeated in stripe outs. That's a fact. Uh, And so I I think Penn State uh, on the field, X's and O's now, what what they can do to control the game, and they've been decent enough at this year, is time of possession. You don't need to score immediately. In fact, you don't want to. You want to be able to run the ball effectively. You want to be able to throw the ball mid to, to short range. Um, especially if Clifford's throwing good God. Uh, but he's he was banged up at the end of the game last week. So we'll see yeah. uh, if Drew Allar is going to get the start or not. Uh, but keep, keep the possession in your favor. The last thing you want to do is give the ball back uh, to an explosive offense. So you want to limit explosive plays on defense and almost limit them on offense so that you're not uh, giving the ball right back to Ohio State. Uh, I think Penn State is good enough on defense to be able to do that and I think Penn State is good enough on offense to be able to control the game there too. Penn State, outright, another super dog. I love I mean,
0: we said it before, right? The last time Penn State pulled off a game, the picture that's behind you on Zoom right now, same thing we opened up the show with, right? They got the shit kicked out of them by Michigan, and then they came back and won a crazy game against Ohio State. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I for your sake and your mental health, I hope you're correct. Um, for my win loss record, I hope I'm correct because you're you're killing everybody. <laughs> you're killing everybody right now. Uh, you're up like 20 plus games on me and on me and even more on Vito. so uh, that's all we got. That's the pod. Uh, everyone have a wonderful weekend. stay safe. Uh, enjoy it. Good luck on all your bets. eat some good food, drink some good beer. We're out.